Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of Games My Mom Found. We're coming at you today on March 3rd, 2019. My name is Mike Elberton, and who's with me tonight? I'm DJ Copeland. And I'm Stuart Hughes. All right, you can see another, we got another three-man show. DJ, if you want to take it away and let them know what wonderful game you made us play this week. Yes. <laughs> I uh, forced us all to play Banjo-Kazooie. I'm submitting a special spot in hell for you. <laughs> oh, no, come on. It's not that bad. See, okay, here's the thing. I love this game. I love this genre. And it really, it's sort of had a little bit of a resurgence in recent years, sort of the collect-a-thon platformer genre, but not really to the extent where it's like back in the mainstream by any means. And that's a shame because I love this genre and this game does probably the most perfect version of it. Now it has a lot of issues, but the (laughs) stuff it does right, it does really, really, really right. And I thought about it. I'm like, I can't really call myself like an advocate of this game. I can't really call myself an advocate of this genre. And I know this sounds a little bit gatekeepery, but I can't really call myself an advocate of this genre without having beaten it. Cause I've played this game. I never beat it. I never had an N64. All I wanted when I was a kid, when I was like five, six years old, was an N64. And my parents got me a PS1. So there you go. Um, it's a better one. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of us were playing Spyro and having fun. <laughs> I, hey, I played Spyro. I enjoyed it. It's not even half as good as this game. Like, just just being totally blunt, <laughs> totally brutally honest. Banjo-Kazooie is by far the superior game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I did enjoy Banjo-Kazooie. Like, I, for the most part, I had fun with this game. And after talking a little bit before the show and finding out the changes they made in the Xbox Live Arcade version, yeah, I'm happy I wasn't playing on N64. Yeah, so here's what I did. I was so excited to finally beat Banjo-Kazooie. I actually ordered, I found a cheap N64 on eBay. I Mm. ordered it. I ordered a real copy of the game because I wanted the full, real experience. And I knew what I was getting myself into, and I didn't (laughs) care. I did it anyway. Just have to put the game through like a leaf blower first to get to run. (laughs) 64 runs better than NES games. It's true. (laughs) The other thing is I don't have an Xbox, so I... I couldn't even play the Xbox version if I wanted to. And I did want to because, like Mike said, it has a bunch of improvements that vastly improve the experience yeah. of playing this yeah. game. Had I, I known that, I uh, I didn't realize there was a difference between the two versions. I thought yeah. it was just like a port. And so I played the 64 version, not realizing that I could have <laughs> just went mistake. out and bought Banjo-Kazooie for my fucking Xbox and played it <laughs> on a better system. Yep, you what? made a mistake. What I couldn't believe is I didn't know that because, like, in this game, you got to collect tons and tons of crap. And in, like, oh, in the Xbox oh, yeah. Fiber K version, if you die, no big deal. You still keep whatever you got. I mean, there were notes that I would get, swim down, get the note, and just die and be like, well, it doesn't matter. I got extra lives. Yeah. But in your not version. So, not so in the N64 <laughs> version. Notes and Jinjos do not carry over between deaths, and you can't, and they don't carry over once you leave a level. So basically if you get, if you get, if you get 80 notes, out of a hundred and then you die that's it yeah that's your score your note score is 80 if you want to get to 100 notes you have to start from zero which uh as we mentioned before recording what happened to me was there's a level where you have there's the final level i will say i it was so stressful it was just so it was a nightmare yeah um (laughs) click clock woods is just 
just it's just fucking hell. But I mean, like, it's a really interesting concept of you're on one level that's split into four parts and each fourth of the level that you go to is like that same level in a different time period. So you put like um, you'd like plant a seed in spring and by, you know, summer and if you keep like going back and tending to it in summer and fall, it becomes like this big flower and you get a, a jiggy at the top of it, which is like the, the main puzzle piece that you. Need yeah, it's the, the it's the equivalent of stars in a yeah. 3D Mario game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, the level is set up in fourths and you have to run across the center to get to the other levels. However, I forgot that the teleporter back to the hub world was in the center and I ran over it mm-hmm. and had to go back to the hub world and had to come back into the fucking level, <laughs> having lost all my progress and start over from scratch. Yep. And I, I I'm not going to lie. I was like I said, I was talking to somebody on Discord when I was doing that. And I just started screaming. They're like, well, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this game. Like, this is <laughs> yep. this, this is like say, the most demoralized I've been. <laughs> I will say this game is the most out of all the games we've played so far. This game is the most like beating this game is the most satisfied I've ever I've been beating a game for this podcast thus far. Yeah. It's also the most frustrated I've been. I have <laughs> I screamed at my tv multiple times during this game mostly during rusty bucket bay i just cursed your name (laughs) i did when i beat the game i'm like fuck you dj i I literally did the i did the exact same thing at one point i was just like god damn it gj this literally (laughs) this is what you get for making me play silent hill oh that was somebody else was like who's dj why are you mad at him (laughs) i don't fucking find out he's the monster that made us play this yeah, yeah well, I, 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 I said none. I told you I would get my revenge, and here it is. I had none of my set, none of that satisfaction because I liked 100% games. Okay. I have a problem where I like if I if I'm playing a game and I know that I haven't gotten everything, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in at some point and I'm gonna try to get everything. Uh, some games it's really fun. Like Tomb Raider is built just all the Tomb Raider games are built superbly well. Where 100%ing those games doesn't feel like a like a chore like everything's built in such a way of, oh you're getting this really good lore or there's these tombs you have to go to that will give you like weapon upgrades so you might as well get everything while you're in there this game was like well first of all there's what there's a credit sequence and then after the credit sequence is the main <laughs> boss fight and then at there's a post credits boss fight another credit sequence where it just shows you all the characters from the game and then it shows you after that Banjo and Kazooie sitting on a beach where uh, Mumbo Jumbo comes down and shows you a picture of the things in the other game and also points out that, oh yeah, there's collectibles in this game that you might have seen but you couldn't get, so you have to go back and continue playing to get those. Are you talking like, about the stupid eggs? Like the key and the eggs, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, what I didn't do, that. do those do? And I looked up and they're like, oh, they're literally nothing. They're just for collectors. And I was like, fuck well, you, video game. Well, no. <laughs> See, this is this is something, this was a feature that had to be taken out of the next game, which was called Stop and Swap. And oh, the idea yeah, yeah. was you would collect these, uh, I think it's six, six different colored eggs and this ice key. And then when you got the sequel, uh, what you would do is you would put your Banjo-Kazooie cartridge in your N64 and you would start playing it. And then what you would do is you would, with the system powered on, 
rip the cartridge out, and then very quickly put in Banjo-Tooie. And because of the way the N64 worked, it would actually sort of retain memory Uh of the first game for about 10 seconds after you took it out. So it was literally tricking the system. Right. So you, so, and then that data would just transfer right over into the sequel. Can you imagine Um, if you had to do that with like Mass Effect? (laughs) Eject the disc and throw the other disc in. But the thing is, after they did this, I think a new version of the uh, N64 came out or, or they just sort of changed the manufacturing. Like they just, uh, just something changed. changed. Like the, the, uh, and now the memory would only be retained for like a second. Uh, and so now they couldn't do it. So that stuff is all absent in the sequel now. But it got put back in for the Xbox versions. So, Mike, if you had actually gotten all the jiggies, you would have been able to to do that. Yeah, I I, uh, I did not want to. I got ninety five of them, I think. And then I I had That's enough. Good especially, especially that one that you have to go in the engine of the ship. You got to hit the two mm-hmm. fans. Then you have sixty mm-hmm. seconds. I was like, mm-hmm. nope, not happening. Yep. Yeah. That I yeah. actually didn't have trouble with that one. I the one that gave me trouble was like just all the stuff on Click Clock Woods just gave me so much trouble because I just wasn't getting it like i wasn't getting there's a hole in the ground and i was like i can't ground pound through it i don't know what this is if if there's a random opening in the ground you just poop eggs into it yeah like that's just a a rule of this game like the game kept trying to force that logic into me and for whatever reason my brain never put together like oh you should just put eggs in it because that's not how eggs work like there's a pail yeah yeah you you use the eggs you use the eggs in so many ways in this game that just makes no actual sense. Yeah. Like where you go up to this, like there's this in, in Gobi's Valley, there's this big Sphinx. Mm. And if you get up in front of its face and you talk to it, it's like, Oh, my nose is stuffy. Yeah. So how, st- and how do you, how do you, how do you unstuff nose? his nose? You shoot eggs into it. That makes sense. Thereby, thereby further stuffing his nose. Well, even like on treasure trove cove, which is so annoying to say, Oh, I like Treasure Trove Cove. I like Treasure Trove Cove, <laughs> but Treasure Trove Cove has a problem where you you find a like pirate, um, Captain Blubber, I think his name is. Who yep. is from Donkey Kong Country Two. Yeah, like, reject from Donkey Kong Country Two. Yeah, who's yeah, well, a, I mean, a humanoid same, animal that exists. Designers. Yeah, yeah, a humanoid animal like Banjo that exists in the world, even though there's also animals that are more animal than human which is really confusing there's no logic to what's I mean, going on this shit, look man this shit goes back to goofy and pluto there's like, a living toilet that life. sucks you down yep. its pipe and shits yep. you out yep <laughs> literally um that, that's i like that part yeah that, that was kind of endearing oh yeah but that's like, that's a huge uh section of the humor of this game is just like what can we slap googly eyes on and give yeah. a stupid place yeah. like, but they like, do it with literally everything. Like, you go to Treasure Trove Cove, and you find the pirate, and he tells you he needs his gold. And so that's kind of what you learn, that there are characters in the game that have lost things. You have to go collect and bring it to them. Yep. So there's also, uh, like, a bucket, a sentient bucket in Treasure Trove Cove. And if you talk to it, it goes, oh, I need pebbles. It specifically says, I need pebbles to stop the leaks in this bucket. And you're like, okay, I've got to go find pebbles now. At no point could I find pebbles anywhere on this fucking map. And I looked fucking everywhere. (laughs) 
and finally, it, like, finally, I looked it up, and it was like, yeah, you just drop eggs in the bucket. I'm like, eggs aren't pebbles. It asked for pebbles. I, I looked. I had a guy, so I didn't have this problem, but I was confused. I remember I did it. I'm like, okay, so I need pebbles. I'm like, what do I do? And then they're like, oh, shoot eggs in them. And then I tried to shoot eggs. I'm like, well, he doesn't take the eggs. And I had to watch a video where he shit out the eggs. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The logic. I, I just knew what to do because I've played the game before. There's like a complete lack of logic with this game. And I get that that's part of it. It's kind of, I mean, it is in the same vein as like Conker's, where it's like Conker, like Conker's Bad Fear Day, Fur Day, where it's like almost a joke game. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, I got to the end and I felt like they were like, aha, like we tricked you. You played our game. And I was like, oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> but Stuart, when do you want to play Conker's? I will. I, <laughs> I said it. You will have to pay me to pay to play that game. I do not want to play that. I don't either. After playing through this, much as I, I did enjoy it, I'm like, I, I've seen yeah. Conkers. I'm like, it's yeah, rough. I don't, Conkers I don't is think that's just garbage. We should say what uh, we should say. This game was made by Rare, as I'm sure most people know. It yep. did come out in 1998 for Nintendo 64 and then didn't get re-released until 2008. So 10 years later for yep. the Xbox 360. I feel like we should talk about Rare at some point. Just Rare is such a weird company. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess they're, like, I was, I always look it up because I always, like, I'm always confused by the games they make. And I guess their, their, like, main mission statement is they want to make games that are kind of more creative and not necessarily AAA games, but, like, smaller titles that are just fun to play by for some people, which I guess Banjo-Kazooie is fun to play for some people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they make games like Battletoads, which is I getting thought- a... Uh, new game coming out next year, I believe. Not fun for anybody. Oh and my then, like, god! And then like Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run. <laughs> it's like, it's just like the weirdest games list. Like Jetpack Refuel. Oh, yeah. They're jacks of all trades. You know, they yeah. made Goldeneye. They made Perfect Dark. They made yeah. Killer Instinct, which is a fighting game. Yeah, they made Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, which basically defined first-person shooters. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, and then Ken Griffey Jr.'s. It's like okay, what? <laughs> Why is that? On, why is that on this list? They made Diddy, Diddy Kong Racing, another really good sixty-four game during that same time. Yep, just a bunch of in a like a just a ton of licensed games too, or not necessarily licensed games, but like like very specific. Like uh, like I was looking it up, and they made like Ivan Iron Man Students Super Off Road, and like that's such a specific game. I wouldn't expect like someone. I wouldn't expect the same people who made Goldeneye to make that. No, I mean, I didn't know they did that. I knew. I also didn't know they did uh, Killer Instinct. It looks like. Yeah, and yep. Jet Force Gemini. I knew about Jet Force Gemini just because it's on the rare replay copy that I have. And Viva Pinata, which is a good game. <laughs> hey, I, I did all right, enjoy this come game. on now. This may have more fun than Fallout. I will say, oh, yeah, yeah, there are parts of Banjo Kazooie that I genuinely enjoyed, like. I like the the music was great. The music, yeah, the music was also fantastic in this game. Weird because all the music sounds like it all sounds like derivative of other real music, and it's like there were times where I just stopped playing the game and I was listening to the music, just trying to figure out what song it sounded like. That's probably a good thing though, because then you have the music in your brain for that wonderful furnace fun. Oh yeah, the game the the before the boss fight the the last thing that happens before the credits of the game. Is you do like a trivia section asking yep. you about everything in the game? <laughs> Which I died. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out here and defend 
the furnace fun. It's completely out of left field and unexpected, and it's just so wacky and fun. I gotta say, I wasn't expecting it, and yeah. I actually found myself really like interested in the concept of it. And I I enjoyed like the puzzles too, because you find it kind of sets you up for that too, because you find um, Brentilla yep. all over. You who's... find Brentilla, and she tells you all these weird specific facts about Grunty. It's yeah. like, oh, she brushes brushes her teeth with moldy cheese flavored toothpaste, and oh, her nickname in high school was Gorilla Butt. And you're like, what? What is yeah. any of this? And then you realize, like, oh, you get down. asked questions at the end where you need those answers. Under her dress, she wears a flea circus, whatever that is. A I flea didn't... circus. It's a you can you can buy those. They're like ant farms. Oh, okay. I didn't talk to her. I only talked to her once, and then I never talked to her again, and I kind of regretted that. Come, I was able to guess most of them, though. Well, I wrote down everything she said to me, and then I found the, um, let's see here, because uh, it came in sets of threes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I found the eighth Brentilda, and I was like, I am writing down so fucking much, and I don't know if this is actually <laughs> coming in handy or if this is all just like a weird trivia section. It's coming in handy. Oh, yep. yeah. It's, what I wrote down came in handy for sure. But it's yeah, not too honestly, hard to guess. It's basically yeah. like, what's the most middle school? Like, what what would you think is the funniest when you were ten? Exactly, and that's this game's entire sense of humor. Like yeah. that, and that whole that whole trivia section. Honestly, if you've played through the whole game and you've paid a moderate amount of amount of attention, yeah. you're not going to have too much trouble with it. Really, the only troublesome part is those timed challenges. Those are hard. Yeah, which yeah. is basically all the time challenges from the game. But, with but like slightly difficulty. harder and with less time. I like, didn't realize that uh, there's a crocodile one where <laughs> you have to eat uh, like worms living in a they, giant they're called, crocodile's they're tongue. They're called yumblies, Stu. Yumblies. Right. Well, I didn't want to say <laughs> the word because it's dumb. <laughs> you have to eat yumblies, which are like worms, like like living yep. <laughs> parasites in this giant crocodile's yep. tongue. And yep. you're in there as a tiny crocodile with another crocodile, and you have to eat more yumblies than him. Hey, you forgot yeah. his name. And Mr. You have Vile. To, Mr. Vile. You have to do the it. The greediest crocodile and to ever you exist. You have to do it. <laughs> you have to. You have to do it three times in a row. Each time it's harder. And yeah. if you fail, he takes two health from you. Yeah. And that, this was the only jiggy in the game I didn't get. Because well. I tried... <laughs> so many times and eventually i was just like no fuck this like, i beat him and i was like thank god i never have to do that again and, and the, the fact, section came and yeah. i had to do it again but harder yeah fortunately i didn't i never got that one for the trivia section yeah i think you can skip it i went through and i did all the yeah. i did all the trivia you, i filled out get, the board if you oh my god you are Why? insane because i found it really fun like I remember <laughs> I retain like dumb stuff really well for some reason. And so yeah. I remember like all the characters' names from the game and like Yeah, the, I had no trouble with any of that yeah. either. The music I, I like the music cues of what level was it like where did you hear this song? I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that stuff is all really like that stuff is legitimately fun. That I did like. I didn't then, like it yeah, when it was like the keep going. I was going to say the screenshots I thought were really, really fun, where it was like a picture from a level taken at a really odd angle. I they like really those. they really tried to trick you on those. And if you yeah. pay close enough attention, you can you can outsmart them. Yeah. You can be like, ah, I see what you're trying to do there. Yeah, it'll be like there's one that's taken from the like the ghost mansion area. Yeah. Uh, 
the Mad Mansion? Mad something's mansion? Mad Monster Mansion. Mad Monster Mansion. But it's a picture of a box on the mansion really close up. And so it's like this really like sepia tone image. And if you're not paying close attention, you're like, oh, that's the desert level because it's yellow. But like there's a little yeah. logo for the mansion on the side. You're like, oh, OK, it's <laughs> trying to trick you me. Tricky dickies. Yep. yep. There was like one duck. I got that was really cool of Clanker the whale, who is a steampunk metallic whale. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, I think he's a shark, not a whale. He has teeth. No, he's a whale. No, he's Where a whale. Oh, come on, Clanker. OK, I was Clanker, like, what? Yeah. It took a second and they clicked. He's, yeah, he's a whale. Well, I, according to the game, he's a whale because another trivia section was asking me about what was the oh, whale. That did not oh. look like a whale to me, but I'll, I'll go. Yeah, okay. he's a shark. It has a blowhole, though. Uh, Dolphins yeah. have blowholes. They also have teeth. It's so probably it's a... an orca. <laughs> well, orcas are whales. No, orcas are dolphins. Orcas are whales. Orcas are not whales. Oh, They're Google. called orca whales. Orcas, orcas are cetaceans. I'm looking this up. They're by I'm the way, they're they're called killer whales because they they got a nickname that was their original nickname was whale killers because they kill whales. And then kill at some point, at some point, it just got switched around. Is a toothed whale. It's not a whale. It does it does belong to the dolphin family, but it is labeled. It is also it's called not a, toothed a whale. whale. Uh, well, according to this, whales. All whales possessing teeth, such as beaked whales and sperm whales. I don't know. Sperm whales have teeth. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> they all belong to the Odontoceti system. I so, bet our listeners yeah. are loving this. Yes, yeah, science hey, this talk. Is, hey, wouldn't, so, we weren't expecting to get a whale lesson while you're listening to it's a, It is a whale, but it's No, specific, I'm still going to call. I'm uh, still calling him an orca. Hold on. It's a, it is a whale. It's a very specific kind of whale, though, that belongs to the dolphin uh, family. So. Okay, fine. So, I like Clanker. Science proves no one's right. <laughs> uh, Clanker, I mean, I did not like having to swim down to where the cha- the chain was oh, and go through it. Was I could again. I could well, not get yeah. the bubble. I could never get the bubbles. I had to go oh, down, yeah, swim God. through it. Judging the ju- there are certain oh. parts in this game where just you have to judge distance of these uh, assets that are literally just two D sprites. And it's impossible to tell how far away they are. Oh, swimming! It's impossible to to, yeah. And swimming is a whole other layer on top. How I did that was I swam down, got the key, got one bubble, and went back up. And I went back down and just got like half the notes and the uh, the Jinji Jinjo. Yeah. Um, which I looked up and the wiki. Unfortunately, I don't know if this was like a translation thing. The wiki calls them jingos, which is a very no, different word. That is not that is not what they are. They're jingos. That, that's a derogatory term for yeah, patriots. Nope. Yep. <laughs> and so I read jingo on the wiki and I was like, I don't get how these guys are like jingos. I don't get like uh-huh. you don't you don't pick them up and they don't go like like yeah, death to Gruntilda <laughs> preserve. <laughs> Like, they're not, like, uber-fascists. I was like, what is going on with this, like, weird... <laughs> this weird story? Oh, <laughs> and finally, yeah, I found out it was just a weird typo that exists on the wiki in multiple places. It mm. is a weird story. Like, why does she? Why does he live right next to the villain? Like, hey, the, the evil yeah. witch is over there about, you know, up, up the hill from my house. Not only does he live right yeah. next to the villain, but his sister gets kidnapped by the witch, and, he, like, they have to go through this whole rigmarole of, 
oh, who could have taken her? It's yeah. like you live literally under the shadow of a mountain shaped like a witch, like with flames coming out the fucking eyes, and the witch, like, do you just never pay attention? <laughs> yeah. It's like a weird game. Yeah, it is. It's it, odd. This game has no logic, and you can tell that's has, on purpose. It is on purpose. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the weird thing about this game is that, yes, it takes place in a completely illogical world, but at the same time, it has one of the best, most richly realized settings in a 3D platformer. Well, I kept likening to, like, in my head, I was thinking, like, what is this game? I mean, it's a platformer game from, you know, the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. So yeah. they're, they all get a little bit samey after a while, sorry to say. It's Just a mean general... version yeah. of Mario 64. And I was like, yeah. this game feels like if Jack and Daxter cut out the opening sequence and you had no idea what was going on. I mean, Jack and Daxter, Jack and Daxter was, I think, overtly based on this game. I can see that. Yeah. Because this game made me want to play Jack and Daxter a lot. Like, I, yeah. I really, I might, I might have to, like, as quickly as I can force my way through the next game and just play Jack and Daxter this week uh, at some point. I really want to play You know play what? It. That's something we should play for the podcast. We should, because that yep. game is so good. It, it never... is a little long, though. Yeah, we can make it's, it before. It's yeah. not too long. It's not I've too, too bad. It's yep. just, really, it's really that's really. I mean, <laughs> it's not going to be anywhere near as frustrating as this. Uh, well, it is Jack and Daxter. You don't know that. It's well, <laughs> it's I. I do know that because it's not Jack Two. That's true. Jack, I love Jack, Jack Two. two and Jack Two is Jack one of the Two is the bastard. Jack Two is the one where where they were like, oh, you know what? We're making this game for grownups now. It has to be really fucking hard. As much as I love Jack Two, that game has some ridiculously just Jack Two hard, is like, straight up bullshit in the some time parts. trials. The uh, getting off the dock at that one section in Jack Two. Oh my god! Like, impossible. Does okay? Did anyone else have as much trouble as me with that symbols minigame? Let's just talk about Jack Two. Uh, I got oh. stuck on <laughs> that shit for years, literally years. Uh, which symbols minigame? Uh, with the symbols are coming out of the pot with the fucking monkey bird. And you have uh, to, you have to hit the buttons. I legitimately that? could not get past that for literally years of my life. In Banjo? In in no. Oh, in, in Jack Two. <laughs> I Let's forgot which game we were talking about, and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, trying what? to think of all of Jack Two and all of Banjo Kazooie in my head. <laughs> Problem is, yeah, they're such similar games that you could say, yeah, remember that weird monkey oh, thing? It's like, yeah, oh, Jack Two is not similar to Banjo Kazooie. Jack Two is a GTA clone. Ah, uh, in some ways. It, it still has it, its platforming it roots. It somewhat. It has a the, all. All the levels are way more linear, and they added all these other elements. Like it's it's much more a third person shooter in a lot of ways, even though the gunplay is not that great. I really um, enjoyed. The, we're just gonna end up talking about Jack Two. <laughs> I think we should add that to the list at some point. At this oh point. no, we shouldn't. We no, absolutely should. None of us will be able to. None of us will be able to beat it. I'll be able to beat it. I love Jack Two so much. I will. No, no, I, no, don't you dare do that. To even me. if hey. I'm angry at myself, I'll force my way through it. This podcast should be renamed to the Torture Podcast. The torture That's what we're trying to do ourselves. <laughs> the video game don't torture. You dare put Jack Two on the list. I will quit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll put Jack Two on the list, but I have to play uh, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. <laughs> Hey, I want to play Nuts and no. Bolts someday. Nuts and Bolts, I don't think Nuts and Bolts is as, like, 
Nuts and Bolts not. is still a modern game in a lot of ways. It doesn't yeah. have a lot of the annoyances of this one. Banjo-Tooie is harder than this Banjo -Tooie one. Banjo-Tooie is a bitch. Well, here's what I'll say. If we play Banjo-Tooie, then we're playing Jack Taylor. Okay. Here's the thing. All <laughs> That's right. That's the trade-off. Bring up Banjo-Tooie. That actually brings up something I want to talk about with this game, with regards to this game, which is the level design. And the level design is quite good in this game. But it got steadily worse in every 3D platformer Rare made after this. And not just Rare, the guys from Rare who made this. And I know why. It's because basically after this game, they decided they just wanted to make their levels bigger. Oh. And they became a lot more difficult to navigate. Because like, the levels in this game were very complex, especially... They are. Like they, they were increasingly are, like, complex. complex, and they they are just on the edge of being really difficult to navigate. But the fact that they're relatively compact, and the fact that they are also relatively centralized, completely it it makes it makes it okay. Like they're this all game, very small levels. This game uh, makes use of a technique that I think any good 3D platformer should use, uh, which is called. Weenies. Weenies. So this is an uh, it's a general architecture concept, actually, not just a uh, video game design concept. And actually, it first came into use with with reference to amusement parks. Mm. Uh, this was actually a term co coined by Walt Disney when he was designing the first Disneyland. And to put it simply, weenies are big central landmarks. For example. Cinderella's castle. I'm right? reading about them now. Visual. <laughs> this calls it visual magnets. That makes sense. Yeah. So there, and every level in this game pretty much has them. Yeah. Uh, you have the. So no matter where you are, you'll be yeah. able to know where you are based yeah. on. You have a, a bunch. You have central you have objects. A few of them. Yeah. You have a few of them in each level. Yeah. In fact, uh, you have the uh, the tower. Okay. You have the uh, right the termite tower in Mumbo's Mountain. You also have that central uh little platform that the bull runs around you have mumbo's hut you have the totem pole you have conga's tree you have stuff in every corner of that level that are, that are very recognizable landmarks that you can orient yourself by so you're like oh, okay i want to go over there that's where the big palm tree is well uh, even um like my favorite level in this was rusty uh rusty Something. Rusty Bucket Bay. How Rusty that Bucket Bay. Bay. That How was, was that your really, favorite? I'm, that was what I just really enjoy. Like I didn't necessarily enjoy the those gameplay jiggies, at that level. Those two jiggies in the engine room make it just the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, I had no but, trouble with those. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> we had two very different experiences. Um, yeah. I skipped one. I just said screw that second one. I'm like I'm leaving. The I don't difficulty need it. I had was yeah, I that, forgot that. Was my, that. Uh, that was my nickname for this level. My nickname for this level was Rusty Fuck It Bay. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed that level. Fuck it. The, the only problem I had on that level was that I forgot the move where you hold Z and press B and you do like the forward charge. I forgot yeah. that move because I never used it because it's <laughs> in my mind. It was just useless compared to like to every other doors. move. Like in, yeah. other level, in other level, you have to use it to open doors. Or you can shoot an egg at the door. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's another that's thing. I thought that the eggs, because at that point in the game, I was like, well, eggs are used for everything. So eggs must be how you open doors. 
So I didn't realize that you didn't have to waste eggs to open a door. And so I was just using eggs for everything. And I got to the level and I was like, I can't press the button to drop the TNT on the ship. I don't know how to press this button. So I couldn't get the <laughs> I couldn't get uh, into the ship and I couldn't raise the cage. And finally I was like, oh I have to look it up. And I looked it up and they were like, oh, yeah, you do the charge uh, charge attack. I was like, what charge attack? And it's like one of the first things you learn, but yeah, I never it used is, it, yeah. so I forgot it immediately. <laughs> this game it's, had so many abilities. Like it, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of a lot of stuff you could do in this game. That, yeah, that I a, did like. There's a ton of stuff to it. It's a very smartly arranged control setup, especially with, especially you know, with the fact that on this controller you can never reach the L button or the D pad. Yeah. So the L button is just. Nothing. Nothing goes there. Yeah, nothing goes. Nothing on the goes there. Nothing goes on the D pad. So everything is on the face buttons, the C buttons, uh, the R button, and the Z button. Like that's the entire control scheme, mm -hmm. and they did a really good job of making everything fit. And not only that, but in the sequel in Banjo Tooie, this that game is very notable for not doing, for not what what's sometimes called Metroiding the main characters, right? Just completely taking away all of their moves and making them grind them all up from scratch. Right. Banjo-Tooie doesn't do that. Banjo-Tooie... Like Banjo one is guilty of that. <laughs> in Banjo-Tooie, you keep all of your moves from Banjo-Kazooie, and then you get, like, a dozen more moves mm -hmm. on top of that, and it all still fits. It's yeah, I remember, really impressive. I heard about that when... Banjo Tooie came out, and that made me want to get Banjo Tooie, even though I had not played Kazooie. And I was like, I should play those games. And I wish I did, because now I would have known what the hell I was doing this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's rough if you're going in for the first time and you don't know what's going on. Yeah, there was um, a lot of having to look up, like, yeah, like oh, I just I don't get what I'm supposed to be doing here, or just like basic, like some basic stuff that I just like it was total, like my mind has just gone totally blank on. Like the move was a good example, but just. Some stuff was like, oh, I, I know that there's an object in this area that I, I can interact with. I just don't know how. Yeah. Like, it's kind of unclear what objects the B button will work on and what objects it won't work on. Like, how do you mean? Like how you you call out bottles by hitting B right. on the uh, on his like, oh. molehills. And you have to hit B sometimes to like there's other th objects in the game you have to interact with by hitting B. It's very rare. But then yeah. other stuff is like just hit, and it's like okay, but I can't tell what I'm supposed to just hit and what I'm supposed to hit B on. It's not a I big mean, thing; it's just a small thing that I was like, like I'm not quite getting it. And occasionally, well, I'd be like, I don't know what that I'm supposed makes to do. no sense to me because B is the hit button. So what's even the difference? Or not hit? Uh, it was just some stuff I was like interacting weird for me. That might have just been yeah. my experience, but yeah, I was like, I it was just like one of those tiny. It was it was a small flaw in an otherwise I'd say otherwise enjoyable game. I didn't know what you were I talking mean, about at first. This, this is, I mean, that describes this game to a T. It's an enjoyable <laughs> game with a lot of a lot of small flaws. And a couple big flaws. A couple big um, flaws. Yeah. Mainly um, how fucking difficult some shit is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be I swearing remember, a lot because this game last actually week you were like last last week where you're like, oh thank God we're playing an easy game next week. And I was like, That's what uh, I thought. Uh, yeah, I figured that, that this was gonna be I, I was like, I know I'm gonna have trouble because it's a platformer. But I was like, oh it'll be like Spyro and it'll just be like an easier platformer game. Yeah, oh, I, well not to say Spyro Spyro has some hard shit in it, but this game this game makes you work for it, man. Yeah. This game awesome. makes you fucking work for it. Like not only that, it if 
here's what really strikes me about this game, and it was something I hadn't really thought of before. If you look at Mario 64, which this game was obviously modeled after, that yeah. game has a total 120 stars, but you only need 70 of them to fight Bowser. You can beat the game with only 70 stars. Mm-hmm. In this game, there are 100 jiggies, and you need, what, 94 of them? 94 to, 94. to get to you, That's an incredibly small margin. Yeah. They force you to do everything. And this so game doesn't... Did. It doesn't tell you what you're missing unless you know. Like, it'll tell you the world, okay, maybe you only have six in this row, but you won't know which ones. Like, Mario 64 will tell you, oh, you're missing this star. You're missing yeah. this star. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Total, that's But it's like, you have, okay. to, you have to debate. It's like, do I want to come back here and do this again and try to figure it out, or do I want to just do it now with the ex- expectation that I might miss one later, and I'm just going to give up on that one? It's kind of like... Um, like that's if basically I the way I play this. Yeah. Like, if I 100% this level... Because I, I tried to. I legitimately tried to 100% this game. And I got damn close. I got really Me too. close. Me too. Yeah. And That's impressive. I was like... I, I do not recommend that anyone try to re, uh, 100% this game in a week. Much <laughs> less the N64 version. Do not do that yeah. to yourself. God. For God. <laughs> don't I'm do considering that. It, I'm considering it a great achievement that I got like 96% oh, in God. three days. Yeah. I had, I had, well, and see the, that's what the game considers it. Like to get the ultimate unlockable, you don't even need every jiggy. You only need 98 jiggies and what? 882 notes, which is almost everything, but not everything. Because this game knows, this game knows that nobody can be, nobody with any modicum of sanity can be reasonably expected to get everything in a reasonable amount of time without like literally destroying themselves. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then you find out that the game has like a cheat book in it called Cheeto and you get you can oh, get sorry. more like stuff in the game. And I was like, and, do I have to take not, off a percentage? Do I have to consider less of a completion percentage having not done Cheeto and like all that stuff? I was oh, like, I don't know, know because it's that's just, it's, just twi- it's just cheats. It's literally yeah. just like. But it's interesting because you have to work for the cheats. Yeah, that is something I really like about this game. It's kind of like it sort of gamified something that was an aspect of a lot of games at the time it came out, which was, you know, you would look in magazines and there would be a list of cheat codes. Yeah. And this was like, like, yeah, but they just decided, you know what, let's get the middleman. Let's just put that all in the game and make it another secret you have to go find. And I actually really like that. I think uh, really cool. Answer the Matrix did that, the GameCube game. And I thought that was like the cool one of the coolest parts about that game was by beating the game and like unlocking certain challenges, you got cheats and you could go back and like, oh, I you did this thing, so you now you can get infinite ammo if you go put the cheat code in. Now, no, like the game tells you, it's not something you have to look up on your own. I was like, I always thought that was really cool of having the cheats in the game. I, I had no idea Banjo Kazooie did that. Yep. <laughs> and also, how you put cheats in is really interesting too. Oh, it's, it's annoying though, but it is annoying, it's but it's it's off of a. A puzzle that you complete earlier in the game where you have to spell out Banjo Kazooie. It's this giant letter like checkerboard yep. and you have to spell it out. And I was like, oh, that's that was kind of an interesting puzzle. It was like very basic. And then I didn't realize, like, I was like, oh, they just threw in extra letters uh, to like trip you up a little bit. Like there's a G in there that's unnecessary. Maybe you just like, oh, you spelled Banjo Kazooie wrong, even though it's written on the wall behind you. I didn't realize yeah. that, oh, that's in there because you can go back to that puzzle later. And that's how you type out the cheat codes by ground yep. down the, the code. I was like, that is really cool. It is none really of, cool. 
none of those cheats were released until way later. People found people found out about them. They didn't tell anybody when the game first came out or anything. That was okay. kind of presumably you could find. Wait, when was Cheeto added to the game, or is he just in the game from the game? Oh yeah, no, he was. Added, no, Stewart, he was added two months later as DLC. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I swear to God, there was something you had to do for like old. I want to say NES games where you could take it back to the store. It was like a very early form of DLC oh, for some yeah, games. Yeah. No, no, I don't think this was one of those. Okay. That's no. why I was like, I was like, was that in the game or was that one of those oh. weird things that. No, Cheeto no, is in the Cheeto game. is a part of the game. Cheeto We're is. The, there's actual cheat codes you can do. Where you got to type in cheat and then you got to type in some other random word and you and it disables your saving. Okay. And those your high later. Okay. They weren't. At, they were hidden in the game. For they're oh. like for the debuggers oh, okay. or the testers. That's very interesting. Yeah, so I, I used them, but bug mode in the game. It wasn't useful. I just tried them out. Yeah, because I read one later that was like, um, uh, it filled up your red and gold feathers all the way. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that was a normal code you could do. That I mean, I just got enough notes so I could get the refill right before Grand Tiller. I never would have yeah. beat this game. That's what I did as well. Because yeah, this game does set you up really well for the last boss fight. It it does. If and you it, if you if you've almost completed it, if you have enough. Musical yeah. notes, which is how like you unlock new areas, because every collectible, for the most part, except for the stupid items that are only collectible to be collected, they all serve a purpose in the game. Yeah, they do. So the music uh, notes one unlock can one can sort of argue how fair it is that your reward for getting all the stuff is that the the final boss is made easier. And by the way, even when it's easier. It's still frustratingly difficult, yeah. like really well, you don't unfairly difficult. You have to do that. It's not because you open the door, but you don't have to then go get the item. The, the thing is another True. item behind the door. So but you can it, just open it, it and not get it. It makes a near impossible boss fight slightly less impossible. That's true. That was a difficult <laughs> like, boss fight. You kind of need yeah. the handicap. Yeah. You I kind of need it. Not having it. <laughs> I really, because I didn't have it and I beat her on one. Freaking honeycomb one hit and i was dead and i barely like I, okay I, got I i did get i did get the red honeycombs which by the way for listeners that doubles your health which is a huge help oh, yeah. uh i also only beat her on one health i also <laughs> only beat her on one health <laughs> i i felt like such a champion too i was like uh, yeah it was like the most cinematic ending like uh, one yeah that's the thing it, that and... that boss is pure bullshit Mostly yeah. because of those uh, fireballs she throws at you, which are not telegraphed, which can come at you in irregular rhythms yep. from lead, behind you, you off screen. They move toward you very quickly in a straight line and they hold on to you a little bit. Yeah. And OK, well, hold on. Wait, and wait, this she would has all be fine. The... And this would all be fine if it wasn't happening almost exclusively during sequences where you have to stand still so you can shoot eggs. Yeah, like and I simply thought, bullshit. oh, if I get behind the statues, I can have like a minute of respite. But yeah. no, yeah. when you're behind the statue, the fireballs just go straight through. Yep. That was shitty. Like yeah. that to me was just that was just, yeah. That, that is just red, She has like her meteors. That's just, that's just unfair. Yeah, that's just so, unfair. Bottom line, that's shitty design. It sh you should not. That should not have been in the game. What I thought was dumb was. Uh, she has her, her meteorites, the red fireballs that she leads you and hits you with those. And those are those are just like hard to dodge. Yeah. But then she has the green attacks that are like yeah. a magic blast that actually they will hit you no you matter what. Dodge. 
you're meant to use them. you're meant to use your uh your wing shield yeah you have to, know to use your invincibility yep. i didn't i had a hard time with that ability i didn't really know how to use it until that final fight i had to learn yeah. how or i would never have gotten anywhere yeah that I, that uh, also to me seems like very cheap design it's that ability very intimately because i yeah. use that to kill all the monsters in the the damn holes in the wall that would jump out at you Oh, oh, I just hit oh, him with a uh, jump and yeah. attack. Those, you can literally just jump in front of the hole and then immediately do the midair attack. And oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, that's all he did. I, uh, oh, I, I collected so many gold feathers. Nope. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can just and... you can just you can just jump in front of them and and peck them and and they die in one hit. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only enemies you have to use a gold feather on are those stupid green ghosts stupid in Mad Monster Mansion. Was, yeah, and the mummies. I think the mummies. Oh, you can kill the mummies like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can kill you can kill oh. the mummies, the skeletons, and the uh, those annoying like tendrils in the wall that like yeah. thrash back and forth. You can also kill lashes. those. With... Yeah, oh, I did that. Those are uh, you can also kill those with eggs. So I just used eggs for those guys. I didn't know uh, that. I huh. I used eggs for everything. I used I it was eggs and gold feathers <laughs> was my entire game. Well, here's the thing: if this were a Nintendo game, everything probably would work with eggs. Probably because like. If if this were a Nintendo game, they probably would have designed the entire experience around just that one move, or they would have picked some other move to make like the central thing that you do. But this is this game is designed with a very different philosophy. This game is very much about collecting things in a way that Mario sixty four just wasn't. In Mario sixty four, the stars were more of like a goalpost than a collectible. Because you would go in and get each one one at a time, and they all sort of existed as separate missions for which the geography of the stage would actually change. And it was all about taking one particular path through the level to get to the star, which it would point out to you at the beginning. Like, it would tell you, okay, the star is here, go get it. Whereas in this game, it's a, it's a treasure hunt. It's a scavenger hunt. You're, yeah. you're, you have to look for these things. Yeah, the game is trying to lead you into every crevice. Yeah, and I will give it credit for the musical that, notes. Usually, do give you like a clue of yeah. where you should be heading. Exactly, they're used very effectively. And by the way, the fact that they that that is a possible defense of the fact that they come back after you die or leave the level yeah. is because if you collected them and that was it, it then they wouldn't be there anymore as that sort of breadcrumb trail. I could which, see that as a which really does help. I could see that as um, a defense. Yeah, uh, it's not a defense at all. Like <laughs> it's still inexcusable because it <laughs> no, forces, but I could hear somebody saying it forces <laughs> you to play every level in a way where you're incredibly afraid of taking any damage at all. So you have to play extremely conservatively until you get all the notes and jinjos, and then you literally don't care. Like or enough honeycombs to I play a little bit more. Uh, I literally said this like, out loud multiple times during my my playthrough where I was like, Oh, thank God I got every note. Okay, good. I no longer fear death. Yeah. Like as soon as I got every note, I is. left and came back. Cause I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll start over. Like I've got every note. I don't want to risk anything. Yeah, man. I'm so glad I played the 360 version. Oh no. If you, oh, I'm so oh, disappeared. If you get every note, if you get every note and you die, uh, you still, then you have every note. Okay. Don't lose them all. I okay. still, I was just like, I view it as like a save where I was like, if I just leave it, come back. I know it's right. there. So it didn't save any notes if you didn't get all 100 then? Uh, uh, no, it was no, so it whatever did. you it got, did. what you if got. You, if you get like 50 and you die, uh, then it's like, okay, 
your high score for notes in this level is 50, and now you have to start from zero again. Yeah. Oh, so that is terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking bullshit. It's, it's I pretty think, rough. I think, I think it was a, a technical lim- limitation. And, you know... I can't imagine being like... Because you know somebody out there got 99 notes and oh, died. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were just trying to run into a room and... Grab, usually, oh. there's not single notes, usually, but... No. There are monsters around notes all the time. And so I could see somebody running into a room and just trying oh, to grab there it and getting so killed. So many like little bullshit things. Like I got 97 notes in Click Clock Wood, and then I fell into that hole. I was oh, in the no. Wicker version. Then I fell into that hole in the ice. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well, I got to jump out of here. But every time I tried to jump out, like I was just positioned a little <laughs> too close to the edge of the hole. So it would think, oh, no, you're too close to the edge of the hole. That means when you press A, you're actually going to dive underwater. Oh, jeez. And so I just kept, that kept happening until I drowned. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, all right, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> the game's turned on you. Well, I will say, so we brought up uh, Super Mario 64. I did read something about the, the development of this game where it was initially supposed to be a... This yes. was kind of based this, this on... This is actually a fascinating story, and if you look around on YouTube, you can actually find videos that have a list of songs that Grant Kirkcope composed for the original version of this game. Yeah. That was... were re- that Some of which were reworked into new compositions for this game, and it's really fascinating. Yeah. So this game was originally a an RPG called... Yeah. The working title was Project Dream. It was going to be an RPG inspired by Japanese RPGs and yep. LucasArts adventure games. And it was going to be on the SNES. It was going to be on the SNES and you played as this like spiky haired kid with a sword and, and you were fighting this pirate named Captain Black Eye, who, by the way, there are Easter eggs with Captain Black Eye in this game. He shows up in a portrait and <laughs> I think Mad Monster Mansion. Uh, and he also <laughs> he also shows up as an actual character in Banjo-Tooie. Uh, really? As like another, yeah. yeah, as like a reference to the game this game was before it was Banjo Kazooie, and yeah, this game was so, almost uh, like a secret of Monkey Islands. Yeah, and you know what? I want to play that game. Yeah. I'm so sad that game was never made. But then the trade-off is, if that game was, if we got that game, we wouldn't have gotten Banjo Kazooie. Oh. Which I, I, I think may, maybe for you, Stuart, might have been a worthwhile trade-off. I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay with, okay with it. I'm okay with instead of Banjo Kazooie, we got like another like like longest journey or something. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that if that game had actually been made, it would have been totally unlike any other game like that's if, come out for or since. If the two top current games right now were like Knights of the Old Republic versus Banjo Kazooie the RPG, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I think that's my perfect future. Uh, rare. If you're if you're out there listening to this, please go they back and, and finish Project Dream. They're not working on anything. Please go back and make Project <laughs> Dream. I want to play that. Aside from Battletoads. Why are we getting another Battletoads game? I don't understand. I will buy an Xbox for Project Dream. <laughs> I'm si- I'll buy it. I'll go find an rec- SNES. Go re-release the SNES. Make it another $300 console. I'll get it and see what it's like. Because I was like, I was reading, I was like, this sounds so interesting to me. This sounds like a game I would love. And they moved it to the N64, and then they started working on it there. And then a couple years in, they were like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Let's scrap it and make it a cartoon platformer with a (laughs) a bear and a bird who lives in his backpack. They literally said, hey, that Super Mario 64 is a good game. 
forget Project Dream. Let's just make that. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, so. you know what? But it's a testament to, I think, Chris Stamper, who led the development and made this call, that it turned out so well. Like, yeah. there, this is a case of, like, the guy in charge knowing what the hell he's doing and the guys beneath him being like, I have no idea what the hell you're doing. You better know what the hell you're doing. And then, like, it comes out and it's great. It's definitely rare for something to be completely rebuilt from the ground up and come out, you know, pretty damn good. Like, yeah. I feel like the only other example I can think of off the top of my head is uh, uh, what? Fingers crossed for Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. The only thing <laughs> I can think of off the top of my head was like Halo. Like Halo Resident was Evil 2. To be, or yeah, Resident Evil 2. Resident, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that does happen sometimes. Yeah. Like Halo was supposed to be an RTS, wasn't it? <laughs> and yep, it, it was became, originally. And know, then they, and then the they made a Halo first-person shooter of all time, arguably. Uh, um, uh, oh, up there. Uh, I don't know about that, but okay. Well, Halo two, yes. Halo I could talk no. to you for two hours about the mechanics behind Halo and why it's, <laughs> why it was very right impressive. Now. Have you ever heard of acceleration and magnetism, my friend? Um, <laughs> okay, Stu. But arguably one of the most important, like not even arguably one of the most important games being retold, and then like. It's. I feel like yeah, video games are kind of the only place where that could happen. Like with so many movies going through reshoots, and it just comes out. You're like, oh man, they should not have reshot that, or how bad was this before? But then like, yeah, you know, Banjo Kazooie gets completely remade. Yeah. You're like, wow, I can't even. I would not even be able to like tell you what this was based. Yeah, off. it is crazy that this was a pirate RPG before this. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, they completely, <laughs> completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like that. Supposedly, uh, there's. A prototype version of Project Dream. Oh yeah, it's out. No, yeah. Uh, Chris Stamper showed a couple years back. He actually showed some footage from it. Okay, he should just release it. <laughs> yeah. What's somebody gonna do? Steal it and put it on? <laughs> put it yeah, on SNES. <laughs> like, there's no. I mean, it's that. probably it's probably like pre 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 alpha. You know. Yeah. I mean, you can play Van Buren, which was uh, the precursor to Fallout New Vegas. Like, you could play. That game that was supposed to be the first 3D Fallout. I th- I just think it'd be really interesting to see like what exists in that. Yeah. Like, no. I I really want that as a full game. Yeah. Because it was a really interesting. Because again, I've I've listened to the original version of the soundtrack or like the tunes that Kirk Kirkhope composed for it, and the game that would have gone to that soundtrack mm. feels to me like it would be my favorite game. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's funny. Like, I wonder what score Project Dream would have gotten because Banjo Kazooie got like nines almost across yeah. the board. Yeah, across the board. Uh, well, yeah. And in in reviews, I was looking at some reviews before this, and like almost across the board, they everyone sort of considered this an improvement over Mario sixty four. Which personally, I also do, but we'll get to that later. I don't. Um, and uh, and that game got like tens. Yeah. So this is like a ten point five. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a good game. It's just it's yeah. just harder than what we're used to nowadays. It's it's, yeah. it's mean. It's it, is, mean. it is mean. There are certain modernizations that didn't exist back then, and this game has aged. It has aged yeah. a lot, as a lot of games did from that era. I'd like uh, it to get the uh, like the Spyro Overmaster treatment where they. A reignite that would where they just amazing. re-release it again. I mean, that'd it's be already great. been re-released, but... That would be great. And if they just went in and, like, fixed all the shit, like the fireballs and the grunty fight, um, 
and they fixed, you know, the camera controls for flying, which landing as the bee <laughs> is just, it's like. Well, you can't land as the bee. You have to run into something. Yeah, and it's. Landing as the that. bee is like driving. You didn't do the bee stuff? Not, no, not really. I just it's went and like, got the one jiggy. That's landing it. as the bee is like riding a unicycle drunk at night wearing sunglasses. I think it's there's just, two. I think there's two jiggies you have to be the bee to get. I skip. Yeah, you do. You I do. skip stuff near the end because I had enough oh, okay. to get to 94. And I I'm mean, like, but you the know bee, what? Dude, the bee jiggies are so easy. The bee yeah. jiggies are like the easiest jiggies in that entire. You know, those, uh, those, you know like the snapper down. plants? You know, yeah. If you're the bee, they don't snap. Yep. Yeah, I saw that, but I didn't get all those notes. I I, I had enough, and I was done with Click Clock Wood. And I just yeah, I didn't get all the notes either. <laughs> I was like, it. I have enough. I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. man. How about, did you guys do what I did at first, where you went uh, in in the fall version of Click Clock Wood, and you went up to the squirrel's house, and he was like, hey, can you get my a- acorns? And there's one that's literally out in the middle of a bottomless pit. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, uh, I'm not going to do this one. <laughs> Yeah, but then if you look down, it's just... Yeah, you have to perfectly land on this little, like, plank sticking out. I did that by accident. I was like, fuck it, I'm going for it. I I just jumped jumped across it and got it. Well, you can... You can't make... I thought is what I did. You can kind of cheat the jumping in this game as well, or the falling, I should say. Um, If you... Because the game has two, like, double jump type actions. One, you can do an attack, and that'll stop your jump in midair. You'll do, like, your peck. And then you can also do a, a double jump where it's like Kazooie will take over and fly for a bit. And so if you're close to the ground and you hit one of those buttons, you don't take any damage. And yep. so I was like, well, screw it. I know how to cheat the 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 fall damage in this game. So I'll just go for it. Okay. And I did not. The thing underneath it by mistake. For whatever reason, I didn't put it together that you could also use the peck attack that way. Yep. So peck actually that's works a little why, bit better for that. Yeah. Because you already have to use your double jump to get out into the middle to get the, to get the nut. Maybe I just fell and got it. I can't remember. I, 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 got I just it. know that I did it by accident because I jumped for it, fully expecting to have to like fall and use my uh, my peck or something. Oh. I landed on the plank and well, I was like, the oh, way, well, that was a lot less. By the way, the game kind of the game does kind of expect you to know that or like figure that out and to do it because like a lot of the time it's the only way to get down from places. Yeah, like the like, top of Click Clock Wood. If you yeah, because it's just a tree. You're just in climbing any a tree. other in any other game. If this were like if this were like a Ratchet and Clank game, there would be a there would be one of those little taxi cabs up at the top where you just jump out and it takes you <laughs> down to the bottom. But in this one, you're just supposed to know. No, if you hit the A button when you're really close to the ground, you won't take any damage. And that's <laughs> how the, you're uh, expected to get down. Doesn't have the Skyrim dungeon in that always comes out right at the main entrance. Yeah, I never played right. yeah, no. no two, like, what? Two people that never played Skyrim is. <laughs> no, I, play, yep. I I have played Skyrim. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I was like, screw it. We're gonna take a month and we're gonna all play Skyrim. No, 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 no. no we are not doing that. <laughs> yeah, because Skyrim, every dungeon in Skyrim ends with like a you unlock a secret door and it takes you right yep. back to the beginning of the dungeon. Yep. Everything's circular, which is a good design. But there are some dungeons in the game that don't have that. And when you come across those dungeons, you, you almost feel cheated. Where you're like, well, God damn it, I have to walk? What is this? Yeah, what is this crappy doing. game that expects well, that's me to my own That's will. why you do what every JRPG does, and you just put in a spell that warps you to the entrance. Like Golden Sun. Yeah. Oh, boy, I used that retreat spell a lot. Yep. 
but it's just a shame they could do it for the dungeons, but they couldn't do it in the fucking overworld. It's true. Or um, Legend of Zelda. I always liked how Legend of Zelda did it when you pick up the you beat the boss and like the little. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, like a little shiny uh, platform would open up on the floor and that just takes you right back to the entrance. Yeah, that's a really like good that. way to do it. It's yeah. like, all right, here's a checkpoint. And all right, now you don't have to go through all that again. Yeah. Now you can just get back to here. Like, that's a very natural way to do it. It's like built into the dungeon. Yeah. I like I mean, that. You actually have to do that. And Majora's Mask, it turns into uh, like actual gameplay mechanic because you have to go back and beat the bosses again. And it's just a quick way to do that. Right. Yeah, this game definitely, I, I want to say it needed that because it, the way the levels were built, they were all very yeah, like, contained. The, yes, that's, again, a big, that's a big triumph of this game yeah. is that it has levels that are very dense and complex, but also compact and easily navigable. Like, you can always get back to the entrance from wherever you are, and it never takes that long. Yeah, like, at no point in this game that I... At no point in this game was I angry because I didn't know where to go. It was more just yeah. like, I know what I have to do, and I'm just not doing it. Like, I'm just, oh, I can't yeah. figure out what I'm... One of the hardest like, things with this game is that, like, when you have a timer, you have a 60 seconds, you literally have just enough time to yeah. get what you need to do yeah. and get done. It doesn't give you, like, oh, here's an extra yeah. couple seconds. It, it no, doesn't no, baby. Exactly. Yeah, no, this game, that is actually something I like about this game, is that this game doesn't treat you like a kid. It's kind this of a game, weird disparity, though, because the, yeah. the humor is very immature. Yeah, the humor is very immature. It's also sometimes very mature <laughs> yeah. in ways that would go over most kids' heads. Yeah. I mean, I have, like, five notes here about Gruntilda's sweaty underwear, so... Yeah. <laughs> and there's also, like, that thing at the end with the... with After the you beat the boss in the, like, victory cutscene where there's the leggy blonde carrying... Yeah, the for no reason. Two the watermelons only, on it. Literally, the only human being you've seen the entire game is yeah. a blonde. It's a boob joke. Yeah, it's it's a blonde wearing a red bikini carrying two carrying, carrying two watermelons. Hey, how about a sunflower with boobs? You know, we can play a game with those. A sunflower. <laughs> you know, yeah. don't you? <laughs> I do. Bad for a day. Yeah. <laughs> that. Oh man. All right. Let's not That's eat. So they let into after Banzer Kazooie yeah. after a couple of I'm gonna take a big mighty poo on that idea. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Does that joke work? The great mighty poo. Oh, the great mighty poo, sorry. Great mighty Thank you, Stuart. Oh, oh how could I how could I have messed up that joke? Yeah. Shameful. <laughs> I made it too I made it I made it too funny. Um <laughs> I I'll say like I didn't hate the humor in this game. I didn't I hate, either. I hate the humor in Conquerors because it's just it feels like force. Well, Conquer Conquerors is actually a different creative team. That's true. It's, yeah. a, it's a it's a different guy in charge. And I feel like it's people trying to recapture the humor it's, of this game. It's well, it's people who were like the whole point of that game is, oh, yeah, you know us. We're rare. You can always expect like like they knew they were pigeonholed as the banjo guys. So he was like, you know what? Fuck that. We're going M rated. <laughs> Which they obviously kept up with Viva Pinata and Sea of Thieves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the humor in this game was very like immature, but I I don't know. I never got like angry at it. I felt like it yeah, bothered it me either. Really yeah, dumb. no, it's it's actually kind of charming in a weird yeah. way. I, I like got that. like annoyed at Kazooie 
and I hated bottles. I, uh, I, I wanted to kill bottles. Well, I mean, you're meant to be annoyed at Kazooie. She's annoying. She's a I like Kazooie. <laughs> she's, uh, she's a bitch. She's she all. Kazooie's just she's, mean well, to everybody. As, as, the Brit, as the Brits would say, she is cheeky. She's cheeky. She's yeah, cheeky. It's a nicer way of saying it. She's cheeky. Yeah, yeah. just like I hated like Kazooie. I was just kind of like annoyed by I hated bottles. I wanted bottles to die. Oh, guess uh, what? Spoilers nice. for Banjo-Tooie. Uh, <laughs> we never said spoilers. They're going to be in the description of this sure. when I publish. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the start of the game. It's not a spoiler. Um, nobody's playing this game for the story. You play this game true. because you just want to play it and enjoy it. You, nobody cares about Banjo trying to go yeah. save his sister from getting turned into a fat, ugly sister. What's funny is I, I thought Kazooie was like annoying, and then I hated bottles, and I found myself agreeing with Kazooie, where Kazooie is just like, over the top mean to him, where she was just like, "You're awful, like you, you're worth nothing." And I was like, "Oh, the Jesus, like this is so bad." And then Bottles would be like, "Oh, the beginning of the game." Bottles is like, "I can't tell. Is that your brother up in the air flying on a broomstick?" And like Bottles, you ignorant slut. No, no, he's not ignorant. He's just sh- he's short sighted. Yeah, but- he has to wear those big glasses. Okay, Play he's short sighted, but he also has to be some level of idiotic to say, "Hey." That, is that banjo flying through the air? You know, that bear that's never once flied ever? I mean, first of all, Stu, it's flu. It's past Sorry. tense. It's flu. Thank you. I'm doing number the British two, terminology. Number two, um, it's implied through that whole dialogue uh, exchange that he's never met banjo, which, again, does not make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. But Considering he lives right, right there. Door. Yeah. And, well, to be fair, Banjo has also nev- never met the witch who lives on the yeah, other side lives, of bottles. Yeah, and you're, that whole thing just does—it's—it's it's just sort of hand waved at the beginning. You're like, this doesn't make sense. Whatever, yeah. I don't expect this to make sense. It's like, and you don't need it to—you don't yeah. need this game to make sense. It's—it's it's the beginning. It's if you cut out the beginning of Jack and Dexter, whereas a normal game would have a setup of. Like yeah. this is the witch. This is your sister Tootie. This is Banjo. This is Kazooie. This yeah, no, is it just like gets right, it just gets right to it. And yeah. it's like, it all right, let's, out let's do this. All of that. By it's the like, way, by the way, that is something that changes in Banjo Tooie. Banjo Tooie is a lot heavier on plot. I think I'd like that because I, I found myself even wondering, like, like I was like, I get that this game is kind of a joke. Like the, a lot of this game is just supposed to be humorous and nonsensical. But I was like, I kind of want to know why some things in this game are animals and some things are like sentient like the toilet well, i don't think you're gonna get that level of explanation <laughs> it is a cartoon fairy tale world yeah but you don't need it much like like jack and daxter explains everything of like the monsters exist because of the dark ego that sets it up in like one line in jack and daxter so oh, i wouldn't exist, I, no things. you know what i disagree i wouldn't want it explained in this setting like the whole point of this is that it doesn't on some level, it doesn't need to make sense. It just doesn't make sense as a yeah, I, I guess. I mean, because just the it's, world. it's that's the whole that's the whole vibe. It's I'm this, asking for story for Banjo. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. Yeah. It doesn't need to make sense. This yeah. is like the same level. This is the same sort of setting as like an early 1930s Mickey Mouse cartoon, where okay. like uh, a. A fucking a, boat engine suddenly a mouse driving a suddenly boat? grows <laughs> eyes in a mouth and starts yeah. going. Hup, 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 hup. That's like, fair. Yeah, I should not be asking for stories. That's, 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 that's a, yeah. I didn't mind that. 
I mean, I, I liked. I mean, I didn't mind the fact that, like the toilet had eyes. I mean, at least it wasn't a mighty yeah, cool thing to be. Well, you know? see, it's, yeah. and again, it's funny and it takes you by surprise. And it's one of these like refuge in it, audacity kind of things. Yeah. It's like I can't believe the toilet talks, and then you're five seconds later. Later, you're like, of course the fucking toilet talks. Well, it's like possible. when you get turned, <laughs> it's possible you turn into a pumpkin. Just, yeah, you turn into a pumpkin wearing and shorts. Then, yeah, yeah, and then Mumbo's like, I could eat you. And you're like, okay, time to go. Did you get yeah. the, uh, he turns you into a washing machine at some point, and he's like... I like, never got that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just like a random uh, thing, I guess. Very occasionally, his spell will fail, and you'll turn into a washing machine. Yeah. And he's cool. like, I, oh, I well, while you're here, can you wash my loincloth? Yeah. By the way, and, and it's just like a joke. Like, a second yeah. later, he turns you into the actual thing. But yeah. then the washing machine comes back in Banjo-Tooie as <laughs> an actual transformation that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that you actually walk around and your like your move as the washing machine is you shoot pairs of underwear out your front. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there is a level of panic in my it just in my mind when I saw that washing machine where I was like, oh god, I haven't noticed anything that could be like washing machine related. I started thinking <laughs> back to every level, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna have to leave this world uh, and go sense, find though. the washing machine stuff. Like, I can understand that fear because this game loves to make you go get things. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. go get something. Just yeah, that's the weird something. thing is it wants you if it wants you to complete the level level before you leave it. But oftentimes you have to go into the level to get the transformation to get something outside the level. Yeah. Well, I usually just left did that on my way out. Me too. I yeah. only yeah. usually one thing except yeah, for the pumpkin. That's there's one of those in every in every level. There's like the the witch switch. Yeah. Where yeah. You, you pound it and then a jiggy appears in the lair yeah. that and sometimes you have to like in, in click clack wood, you have to leave as the bee so you can fly up like out of the entrance and then fly up and get yeah. the Which jiggy. I thought was interesting. I never got that one. That's, one it's one like, that's like the easiest one to get. Just, it's oh, just yeah. time consuming. You just, you just have to be the bee. Like yeah, that's it. Done at that there's point. no, there's no <laughs> challenge. I, uh, yeah, some I, them, I some like of them that. are actually like some of them are actually puzzles to get to. Yeah. Which I really enjoy. Like there's one, um, the cemetery one required, uh, a pretty sizable yeah. level of like pre planning where you had to knock, you know, to knock a fence over, go oh, get yeah. the fuck the level, leave the level, go into this, um, go down like off this, off this overworld. You had to go down a side path. Yep. Sneak into a building, get hit turned back into banjo, hit a switch, get turned back into a pumpkin, go back through. Yeah, that wasn't even to get level. a jiggy. That was just to get to the next world. Like that's yeah. what you have to do. Yeah, that was, that was like a ridiculous yeah. level of that was that I had to look up a guide for that planning. because it was like because I had never gotten past Mad Ma- Mad Monster Mansion before playing this game. Like everything past that was new to me. Uh, and I was That's like, a how, as a kid, how the hell would I have guessed this? Yeah, I just, I was how like, I can hit this fence down so I can probably hit the fence. Yeah. I remember that fence, the fence in the overworld because I thought that was going to be looks, the next thing I opened. It looks like an invisible wall. It looks yeah. like it's the boundary. It, it doesn't, doesn't look like, like the fences you knock over, yeah. aside from like maybe being That's another thing. Like even the fences, even the, like there are gates inside Mad Monster Mansion that you can knock down with your shoulder charge. Yeah. And they have um, giant, or you can you can jump and punch them, which is how I did it. <laughs> okay, uh, but you can only knock them down from the side that the lock is on. Yep, which is very unintuitive. And I looked at them and I saw these big ass locks on these gates, and I was like, I can't knock these down. I yeah. have to find a key. Yeah, as like, where's this fucking key? 
there's no key. That would make more to, sense to because, be like because I also I tried knocking one down. And I was like, well, I can't knock this down. Yeah. I have to find a key. It's because I was knocking it down from the wrong side. It's like, come on, man. I uh, I found like, out least, how to do that from annoyance. Like, at least make it like a crack on the front. Yeah. Don't make it a keyhole. Well, it should be it should be boards. It should be wooden boards. Yeah, up it should on be it. wooden boards. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I can't reach the boards from this side, but I can't from the other side. Yeah. I, well, I had learned that out of annoyance because like, like, uh, I found like a I, big <laughs> red X on the front or yeah. something like they did that with Which the, the game snow- does previously. <laughs> yeah, it does. It puts a big, big red X on the snowman snowman's hats because you have to take them out with your uh, airborne torpedo move, which, by the way, oh. don't even get me started on that shit. That, that move was, like, was hard to use. And that freaking, move is yeah. bullshit to use. Well, I only found out you could knock the fences over because I was frustrated at the game and acting out because I did the <laughs> I did the time puzzle to get into the church. Uh, and to get to the church, you have to go through a gate. And I was yeah. like, I ran all the way over there and I got stopped at the gate and I was like two seconds left. And I was like, fuck, fuck how do I get in here? And the door closed. Now I got I was like angrily just swinging around in the game and I hit the gate and it knocked open. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, is that how you're supposed to learn it? You just get angry and start hitting. Yeah. Everything? Yeah, just, there 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 are some instances in this of just like really boneheaded game design yeah. where it's like, really, you guys didn't think of that. Like, well, I didn't realize that on the mansion level either. You could knock in the uh, the windows. Yeah, I yeah, that took you a while guy, too. Yeah, it was all everything. Basically, half the stuff I learned in this game was by accidentally trying to hit something and missing. <laughs> yeah, there there is some stuff in here that's really unintuitive, which is a shame because, like, by the way, like those last couple of levels are the best levels in the game. Like those are the ones like people who are really fans of this game. The levels they always talk about are mad monster mansion, rusty bucket bay and click clock wood. Like those are the three most iconic levels of this game. And they're the last three levels. So I hated rusty having bucket. rusty bucket Bay being my favorite, I guess that means I'm more of a banjo Kazooie fan than you are. <laughs> well, certainly more than Mike. <laughs> My favorite was probably Gobi's Desert. I really like Gobi's Desert was really cool. To be fair, everything in Rusty Bucket Bay that wasn't those two fucking jiggies in the engine room, Mm. everything else about it is pretty good. Like I I didn't didn't have any trouble with those. That's actually really good. First of all, concept for a level. Yeah, Yeah, I'll give you that. Fun concept for a level. I didn't like the water. It's a wonderful. It's a really good contrast from the the water. Was a little rough. Yeah. But it's a really good contrast from the rest of the game, because if you think about it, every other level in this game has like a variety of NPCs you can talk to, mm-hmm. like who you take missions from, who are like these really fun, like charming, weird, goofy characters that you can like have conversations with. And it sort of makes all these levels feel alive and it sort of really drives forward that wonderful cartoony fairy tale sort of yeah. vibe that the whole game has. And in Rusty Bucket Bay, the only character you can talk to <laughs> is a dolphin that's trapped underneath the ship's anchor. Yeah, and is like literally suffocating. Dying. Yeah, it's dying. And with its last breath is calling out to you for help. And that is the one thing you talk to in Rusty Bucket Bay. And as soon as you free it, it disappears. It's like, thank <laughs> you, goodbye. I'm getting <laughs> out of this horrible place. It's like, yeah, you know what? I don't blame you. It just books it as far away as I can. And the asshole leaves the the jigsaw piece underwater for you as well. On the floor. You have to go get it. 
What a nice guy. <laughs> like, when they give you the jiggy pieces a lot of times, they're like, oh, here's this junk I got I don't need. Here you go. Here's yeah. This stupid thing. I gotta go. Like, they don't, nobody cares. They don't, I mean, they yeah, don't literally, uh, when you're on the Freezy Peak, um, Freeze Easy Peak. Freeze Easy Peak. Freeze By easy the peak. way, like, probably the best, if not the best, one of my favorite tracks in the game. Yeah, that was a good track because it was That's, just a Christmas song. <laughs> I mean, well, here's the thing. If you look there, you can find previous versions of this song uh, that Grant Kirkhope wrote that got shot down. Uh, and they sounded much more like typical like ice level Christmas themes. music. Oh, okay. Like, like they sounded like, you know, like like the very sort of jingle belly. Yeah. Or the, la, like that same, that same music that every ice level in every video. Yeah, game exactly. Has. But the actual final track is so not that it has these like this big triumphant horn section. It sounds, it sounds like the, the good part of every Christmas. Well, it sounds like the exciting part of every Christmas movie. It sounds like the actual exciting part. Oh man. Who's the ball? Seth Everman. Seth Everman does the great, uh, he has a bunch of great videos of like video game music, uh, that he plays on his keyboard and it's like generic fire level, generic ice level. Yep. That yeah. guy's great. You should all check him out. He's um, he, we're not sponsored by him or anything, but he's <laughs> he's just really awesome. He's, he's really awesome and funny. Yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> we're not sponsored by anybody yet. <laughs> we're not sponsored by anybody this episode, but go check out Seth Everman, unrelated. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, I, uh, I, but Everman, if you wanna kick us fifty bucks, we're not gonna <laughs> say that. if you wanna want to give us more intro music uh i mean i like bullby but i you know <laughs> you know we're always we're we're open we're open to offers you know like, we're not loyal okay no, <laughs> uh, i i did enjoy the music don't like, listen to him bullby we only have <laughs> I, I usually don't listen to music in the game but i really enjoy the music and the sound effects in this game it, it all yeah. just was fun to me and that's not usually like i actually had the everything playing i'm listening i'm sitting there every time i got a jiggy i'm sitting there tapping my leg with the stupid you know little oh, sound yeah. that the the soundtrack in this game is insanely catchy. Yeah, like Plus, it really it really is a large part of why this game is so memorable. It's also like you said, it's very important. Like there were several times I had to pause because I did the same thing. I had something playing on my phone. And I had to pause it because I was like, I need to listen to to hear if I'm getting like if I'm doing this right. Because you'll get the little like the bling noise of oh yeah, what you're doing is right. Keep doing yep. it. Yeah, like, I mean the sound. The, I will say that the sound design in this game is absolutely solid. Yeah. Every single collectible has its own sound effect. Um, every character has its own distinct. We haven't even talked about this. The little like voice clips. How every <laughs> that's, that's like again such an iconic part. Of this. Yeah. Well, let's boys. Let's uh, save the impressions for later. Uh, just a little bit later. <laughs> Banjo sounds like if. Um... Oh, he's goofy. He's just he sounds, goofy. I was gonna say he sounds like if Rocky had like five strokes. <laughs> he's like if Rocky and Goofy okay, had a baby. Yeah, the uh, who'd you say the guy who did the music though was Grant Kirkhope. Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, I'm gonna Legendary. have to look to see what else he did because I yeah well, I really enjoyed the music. He did a whole bunch of rare games. He actually did Viva Pinata. Um, okay. And some of some of the stuff he originally wrote for Project Dream actually got recycled into that game too. He's he's done a bunch. He did. Uh, I think he did do Perfect Dark. He did do yeah. 007 really? uh, Goldeneye, which we are going to be playing. Uh, I, I, I like the music in 007 Goldeneye, but it's just Bond music. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, be, well, 
that was that's I mean, what else would you have expected from a licensed James Bond game? Although I also love Rush by the Seatbelts for Cowboy Bebop, and that is literally just the Bond theme as well. So it's a good song. Are you talking about the intro? Uh, no, the intro is Tank, which is great. Yeah, oh. the tank, tank has with, elements of it as tank well. Tank with an exclamation point. Yeah, Tank, Tank, um, Tank, and I think I think Rush as well, which is the second song. On anyway, as a second song, another <laughs> song by another song by the Seatbelts and Yoko Ono for uh, Cowboy Bebop has like a lot of James Bond uh. themes in it as well. I'm not going to get into when it shows up in the series; it's in the first episode. But all right, all right. we should probably wrap up at this point. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> Uh, any last thoughts about Banjo Kazooie? You guys want to say? I think we touch base on pretty much all the worlds. Yeah. Uh, is, there, is there anywhere we haven't talked about? Um, I mean, we we touched on all the the ones that are like remarkable. Like, I think we've skipped over like we didn't talk much about Gobi's Desert. Probably we which, didn't yeah. we didn't talk a lot, a lot about really Gobi's Valley. Valley. We didn't talk a lot Valley. about yeah. about the the swamp, which That's is okay. pretty unremarkable. Like we talked about all the. All the stuff that people remember from this game, we've we've kind of talked about. So yeah, we talked about the terrible final fight that no one should have to do. Yeah, yeah gonna, no one should talk. ever have to do ever. It's bullshit. Oh, one thing I, we didn't get does, to oh, well, technically way, it is after the credits of the game, so yeah. you have beat the you game have, at that point. Been, but that end sure, cut, yeah. that on that end cutscene after you beat her, is the most satisfying thing. Oh, I didn't watch it. Beach. I just like, I beat the game. Well, I no, you. No, it's not just that. It's like you knock her off of the tower, and it's oh, built yeah. up to like the gingerator like slams in her like three that times. That was cool. And she yeah. finally gets knocked off in like slow motion, and she gets she fucking falls right in the ground next to the tower, like. But it doesn't die. Hands Gruber style, yeah. and then uh, makes like a grunty shaped hole in the ground, and then a giant boulder falls on top of her. Like it's just so satisfying to yeah, watch I didn't that. See that. Because she, she has up. been taunting you this whole game, this entire game. You were fucking fighting her on top of a building shaped like her face. Well, not even that, you... but just during the game, she like r- like she'll randomly interrupt what you're doing. Like yeah, like, she'll just let's go to bottom. Yeah, yeah. Stupid like rhyming like hey screw yeah. you. <laughs> and it really makes you hate her. And so like at the end, finally getting rid of her. Like this is this is. Sort of part of the reason that people prefer this over Mario 64, because there is just so much more attention paid to that kind of character buildup and payoff. Well, I found it interesting that so before you beat her, you do the furnace, which is like the trivia game site. It basically yeah. turns into Mario Party, a single yeah. person Mario Party. And if you, when you beat that, she just gives you Tootie. She just gives you your sister back and is like, all right, I'm going over here now. And it's like. At yeah. that point, I was like, "Well, yeah, is the game just over? Like, did I just win?" I well, the it, only it, thing I was accomplished, like the only thing I set out to accomplish, was to get my sister back from the switch, and I did. So, bye. Well, it's a fake out ending. It's that's true. It's kind of like what they did in Donkey Kong Country, where oh, you God. quote unquote beat King K. Rule and the credits yeah. roll, but he's actually just playing dead. Yeah, that that fight in Donkey Kong Country is freaking <laughs> terrible. That final fight, oh. God. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> rare. Here's one thing I'll say about rare. Not super great with final bosses. So we'll leave it at this then. My uh, my requirements, my prerequisites for playing Conqueror's Bad Fur Day are uh, we have to play Jack Two <laughs> and Donkey Kong no, Country. Absolutely not. <laughs> and if, if we, we play both those absolutely games, absolutely not. We should have an official list of games we're never going to touch. <laughs> the Conqueror's blacklist only. 
ever happening, I'm going to say it on here. If eventually we get, as we keep doing this, we eventually have a Patreon someday. That's the only way we're ever playing Conquer. Otherwise, we are never touching that game. Yeah, I did literally say in one of the messages, you'd have to, you'd have to pay me. Yeah, that's so, the only uh, way it's ever happening. If, if we get directly, know, if somebody comes your up listeners, to me directly. Dear listeners, pay us yeah. and we will play Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Jack 2, apparently. I'll be no, at, uh... no. I still probably, <laughs> you'll have to pay me a million dollars. All right, uh, so I'll be going to GalaxyCon in, in Richmond in May. No. So if uh, if anyone listening can fly out to Richmond and hand me a hundred dollars, I'll play Conquest <laughs> Bad Fur Day. I'm more than a hundred dollars. That has to be enough for like a switch at least. <laughs> uh, hey man, you don't have to lowball lowball it here. Ten thousand guys. Ten thousand dollars. The price is ten thousand dollars. You have to hand me $10,000 cash and I will play Congress bed for a day. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right. And I do got, before we do our uh, listener question, I got, before we do shelf for box, I do got a couple listener questions. Okay. Yeah. Let's, um, go. let's, let's see. This one's from an Amanda. Uh, you is a super memorable soundtrack. What level music stands out to you? Uh, really? Yeah. I thought it was one of the more sort of basic kind of melodies. No, I, 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 it was basic, but it had that like desert level. I like desert yeah. level music. All right, fair. Because desert level music and like wind level music, they're always a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. They've got like a little bit more like high pitch like melodies in them, and they're a little yeah. different. I just I like I like desert level music. I like wind level music a lot. Okay. So Gobi stood out to me. Um. I sort of said this before, but I really like Freeze Easy Peak. It's and <laughs> it's it totally commits to the Christmas theme mm. in a way that you would necessarily expect, and it just sounds awesome. <laughs> kind of sounds just, like you're in a department store around, it, around the yeah, holidays. Yeah, it, it it's the it's the tune that would be playing at the part in a Christmas movie where you're flying with Santa in his sleigh. Nobody else lives <laughs> near uh, uh, Bush Gardens. But Bush Gardens does Christmas like a Christmas town every year where they basically take this whole theme park and they transform it into a Christmas themed theme park. And uh, that, it's basically the same music they would play there. It's like the, it's it's like I'm it's like to... Blue Stingers Christmas music where yeah. it's not Christmas music, but it's upbeat and it has that like, yeah, it's just like the same it, notes and the same chords in it. It just it feels if. It's it sounds weird to call it epic, but it's the Christmas version of epic. It's whatever the Christmas version of epic is. <laughs> it's it's great. I will also say I really love the Grunty's Lair theme. Okay. Because this is one of the really unique things about the soundtrack is the sound font changes based on where in the in the lair you are. Oh, like okay. if you're right, if you're near a level, the the instrumentation suddenly changes to match with the theme of that level. That's cool. Or like anytime you dive into a body of water, all of a sudden it's an arrangement of the mu- music that's only on like xylophone. So uh, it, it almost game... sounds like the music is muffled because you're underwater. Like yeah, it's the game really did have dynamic music in it. It, it had dynamic music. Yeah. No, it didn't. <laughs> technically technically, have dynamic yeah, it, just had music. It. it had dynamic music. It I was really that. kind of yeah. ahead of its time a little bit. Yeah, because every time you uh, you come across, I mean, when you're swimming as well, like if uh, yeah. Snacker or one of the other sharks, there's Snacker and like I think Nipper, is the other one. Sna- it, uh, I, I think remember. they're both named Nip- Nipper. Is the hermit crab? Oh, he's the hermit crab. Yeah. I thought that was Snipper. Snacker. Anyway. Snacker is the shark. Anyway, the sharks. Uh, yeah, when you're in the water and like 
you might not see a shark, but you'll know a shark is behind you coming at you because the music suddenly changes to yep. like almost a Jaws type theme. Um, it 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 is definitely a Jaws type theme. Yeah, it's got that like da 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 da. Yeah, yep. I really like the Treasure Trove Cove. That one I enjoyed. And yeah, that's really good. good. Very like that's, a, that's another one music. of the themes. That's another one of the themes that he had to take like multiple stabs at. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go in and like listen to all how the music changed. Cause... It's a good soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, Mumbo Mountain, Mumbo Mountain's original theme. I'm actually kind of mad isn't in the game because I actually like it way more. I think I've mentioned this before. My two biggest things, like whether or not I think a game is good, is if there's multiple ways to play it, which this game definitely has because I played it wrong apparently at the time. Yeah, you played it differently than us. And if like if the music really stands out to me, it makes me want to like look into it. And I'd say this game definitely had both of those. Yeah, excellent. Excellent soundtrack in this I game. I have two more questions for us. One, we kind of touched on earlier, but I want to ask anyway. We had from a Spencer. Favorite rare voices also do rare voice impressions. Uh, well, <laughs> Captain Blubber is notable just because his voice is just burps. Yeah. Which is, which is fun. <laughs> I hated Tootie. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because hers is Tootie just like, talk. hers is like, you can tell it's an adult male like doing yeah. a like a random voice and then synthesizing it. I think I think most of the voices in this game are Chris Sutherland, who was Probably. the lead programmer. But it's just like the pitch is turned up so high on it. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Yeah, I think he was banjo and he was Kazooie. He might have been grunty. Like I it was I... it was literally just guys around the office who were doing these these voice clips. I wish I could do it, but uh, Waza the Walrus had a pretty great voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty close. All right, pretty last, close. last question isn't really a banjo, but we'll use it. Um, the guy said, what is the first game you bought yourself as a kid or teenager with your first job? Oh, geez. Oh, Anyone man. remembers? I'm trying to think if I can even remember my first game. I, mean, I want to say one that I do remember early on. Is Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for GameCube. Man, I love that game. I don't remember what that, that game. Money. Oh, Sonic Adventure 2 <laughs> Battle. Sonic I had... Adventure 2 Battle. Whoa, we should play that. That's a great freaking game. Even though I know it's uh... not a great game, I love that game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will tell you the, the Chow Garden is great. Oh, man. The Chow I, Garden I... is great. That whole game is great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm wrong. Like I know, 100, I'm wrong. But I, oh, that game. I'm in rice. summer. L- listen, for what it's worth, ten-year-old me yeah. would 100 percent agree with you. <laughs> I would have a pretty interesting answer to this question, actually. Sure. I so this is when I was like really. Th- I don't know if it counts for me like earning money because I think this was just like me getting my allowance as a kid. I still. Count. Um. But I so I, I earned allowance as a kid and I saved up and I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the N64. I'm going to get the N64. Now, this was in 2000. Mm-hmm. So the N64 had been out. The price wasn't quite the same. It was it was reasonable for me to save up to get the N64. And we got it. We brought it back to the house. It was like my Christmas gift. Um, I was like, they took me to my parents took me to EB Games at the time um, <laughs> to get my N64. And I was like, yes, yes, this is. Awesome! I finally got my N64. Can't wait to play it. I've had to play it at a friend's house, and he's he was the kind of kid that would like get a game, and no one was allowed to touch it for a week until he got good at it, because uh, he was a total prick. <laughs> I say a friend. I hated his guts, but I, I can't. You don't talk to him anymore. Uh, no, <laughs> it was really more my babysitter's real son. 
but yeah, so I was like, I saved up for this N64, brought it back to the house, plugged it in, didn't work. I was like, oh man, I, I, I don't know what's wrong. I've tried plugging it in. I unplugged it, plugged it back in, like took everything, uh, took all the wires out. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'll try it again. My parents, uh, my dad was like also trying to figure it out. And I could tell it was trouble because I wasn't getting it and he wasn't getting it. And I was so upset. I had saved all this money up for this Nintendo 64. And I was like, yes, I finally have my own console. I can finally play at my house instead of going over to friends' houses. And it wouldn't work. So we're like, we're going to have to take it back. I was like, I mean, my, my dad was like, don't worry, don't worry. We'll take it back. We'll get it replaced. Like, you're still, you paid for the N64. You're still going to get it. It's like, oh, okay. Basically, the verge of tears as a kid. <laughs> and uh, we took it back. And the guy at EV Games was like, oh, you were just in here. What's wrong? And he's like, oh, we get, you know, we took the N64 home. And uh, he tried plugging it in. It didn't work. And I was like, oh, maybe he's doing something wrong. So I plugged it in. It didn't work. And the guy was like, really? And so he plugged it in the store. And it didn't work at the store either. And he was like, I am so sorry. I tell you what, you pay, I think I paid $100 for it. He was like, tell you what, you spent $100 on this console. I don't want to just replace it for you because you've been through so much trouble. I'm going to sell you for the same price I'm going to give you the console that just came out. Uh, for So I got I got the PlayStation 2 in 2000 as soon as it hit shelves for wow. $100. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a good deal. It was a really good deal. It's a good story, too. Yeah, I was I like I I went from being like the most upset kid in the world to just <laughs> feeling so fucking happy. Oh I was God. like, the world. I told all my friends I was getting a Nintendo 64 and I showed back up the next day to school and they were like, how's the Nintendo 64 finally playing? And I was like, guess what, motherfuckers? I've got a PlayStation 2. Suck nice. it. That's pretty cool, though. I felt That's so awesome. So happy. I don't even remember what launch game I got. I was just so happy to have a PlayStation 2. I think it was like Armored Core. <laughs> just, Who cares? I was like, yeah. I didn't even care about the game. I was just holding it. I was like, I was like holding the PlayStation 2 over everyone's heads. Like, yes, yeah, suck it. <laughs> That's a good story. All right. Should we do a shelf or box? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go for it. I want to go first, DJ, since this is your pick. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you guys probably know what I'm going to say. I'm putting yeah. this on my shelf. It's the classic 3D collectathon platformer. It's just the shining example of the, the genre. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff wrong with it. Yeah, the camera controls could be a lot better. Yeah, the flying controls could be a lot better. There's a ton of stuff about this game that has not aged particularly well. But the stuff at its core that it does really well still comes across even today. It's still just an immensely fun charming world that feels like it's alive even though it absolutely does not run on lot any kind of logic at all um <laughs> no and it's just a very satisfying game to play it's built up incredibly well it feels so good to finally beat it just it feels iconic the soundtrack is fantastic like it just sticks in your memory mm. it's just there's a reason people prefer this over Mario 64. Like Mario 64 on a fundamental gameplay level, probably a lot more solid. But in terms of just making the setting like sing and really making a world that's genuinely fun to explore and that's designed to be explored and really hunted through, like this game just beats it in every regard. Yeah, it's it's great. If you're 
willing to put up with a few frustrating sections and you can get this on the Xbox so you can <laughs> yeah. get like the HD graphics and the good camera controls go for it and the fact that it doesn't delete your collectibles yeah yeah that's really yeah. that's really cuz then you have an actual shot of shot at completion like then you have a genuine shot yeah. at completion <laughs> uh Stuart you want to go next sure i did a lot of 180s on this game while playing it like i went into it and i was like oh, i really like this like it's kind of odd beginning by like the soundtrack. It's odd it doesn't play too terribly for you know a platformer from the late nineties from nineteen ninety eight. I was like ah, it just started getting like kind of frustrating. And I don't love this humor. It was like kind of funny at times, kind of annoyed me other times. I just kept going back and forth on it. So I'm gonna say because I played the Nintendo sixty four version, I'm gonna say box for now. But I think I'm going to be getting the rare replay. I'll get rare replay and I'll play the the 360 version of it. And that's going to be kind of it's going to be dependent on that. I'm going to say box for now, but I'm going to replay it on the 360 and see if it's more enjoyable. If it just plays like if it just plays a little bit better, I think that might be enough for me to put it on my shelf. I think it plays a little bit better from the yeah. sound of it. I mean, guys yeah. saying, it, it's a little better. Yeah, it sounds like they fixed a lot of the problems and so that'll be yeah that'll be like it, it's it's a dependent it's in the box dependently <laughs> all right i'll give uh stefan's real quick i know he didn't finish it. he got to gobi's valley he never got past that do not blame uh, him <laughs> oh, i love gobi's valley but he <laughs> said i say this one is going in the box while a fun game for bringing back my n64 memories and love it has not aged well at all still worth a play if you're in the mood for an n64 platformer and I'm I'm gonna say the same thing. I would put it in the box. As much as I enjoyed it, I never want to see this game again. I <laughs> never want to fight Gruntilda again. But I had fun. Like I I don't like platformers. Like I said on the show before, they're not really my thing. I mean I'm I did enjoy this game. I I had fun with it. But there were a couple parts when I just when I found out you had to get 94 of the 100 to beat the game, I was like what what? I was not mm-hmm. not excited by that fact. <laughs> so box for me. Good game. And I say you should play it, but I I don't plan to go back to it again. You guys are weak. <laughs> hey, I'm, I said I'm going to go back to it at some point and see. It'll be some right. time, though. That's play fair. the Xbox version. Like, yeah, you're saying it definitely probably from the sound of it. Yeah, is. play the Xbox version. Do not do not do what I did. Do yeah. not buy an X- N64 for this game. Yeah. I don't want to say, yeah, I, I don't want to say that, like, the like because the game does have problems. I don't want to say that those disqualify for me because I think Coder 2 is probably, like, top three favorite games of all time for me. I love Nice Dealer Republic 2. And that's an unfinished game. That's a game that has a lot of issues. So I've never played it. Uh it's pretty good. It's I think it's better than the I think it's better than the first one. I think it's better than a lot of games, story wise. I, I wouldn't mind, but I've never got around to it. It's always like this game was always on my list to play too. And mm-hmm. I'm I was glad when he picked it because I can finally cross that off my yeah. list. Let's say like the problems don't disqualify for me. If I played like a slightly better version though, I think I think that'll be enough to push me over the edge. It's it's way better yeah. from the sound of it. When you guys this think? is this is the first game I haven't put on my shelf, so I'm kind of <laughs> part of it. Part of it might be me just being like like refusing to admit I don't <laughs> love it. I'm usually very <laughs> forgiving with games, but I don't Fallout. know. It was yeah yeah Fallout. <laughs> Look, Fallout's important. Fallout was a <laughs> so piece of yeah. shit. <laughs> I hated that I game. Mean, so yeah. Much. That's I mean, me. hey, the birth of the birth of a nation is an important film. This is true. You should never watch it. It's <laughs> <laughs> accurate. Uh, this, yeah, this wasn't my worst game. You know, Gruntilda made me angry. Nothing was worse than making us suffer through Fallout so far on this list. 
Nothing. We're going to have to go back to Fallout at some point. We're like, in some way, <laughs> that's going to have to be like the white whale of the series. <laughs> I, I will make you people like Fallout. Uh, I, I like Fallout. It has a three in front of it. And I like that yeah. of it. We'll play Fallout. Right, man, I, a man I saw on the internet said that one is bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. It's, I mean, I'm sure I'm not going to like it like I did 10 years ago. I'm sure a 31-year-old Mike's going to think a lot different than 21-year-old Mike thought, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I used to think Fallout New Vegas was better story-wise. I went back and played both of them. I think Fallout 3 is just a better-made game in every way now. Having played all that series recently, I was like, ah, Fallout 3 is just, just well, so much better built than any of the other games. I'm looking forward to trying it. Uh, Stuart, since Steph is not here, do you want to let him, let the, let everyone know what we're playing next week? Oh, yeah, yeah. I almost forgot. <laughs> <laughs> How Sorry, can I forget? You uh, next week, oh, watch, watch me get it wrong now. We're going to have to like, bleep it. Next week, we are playing the original Resident Evil 2. More horror games. Hooray. Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm playing the 64 version, I think. But... It's been a while since I've played Resident Evil 2. I played Resident Evil 1 not too long ago, so I am, I'm hoping. I am terrified to go back and play this game. I've never beat it. <laughs> never played as a kid. I'm not terrified because the game. I'm terrified because I don't like when I'm my saves are limited. That just no. Oh yeah, yeah. that's gonna that's, be rough. That's yeah. some bullshit. That's why the 64 version might get played because that I won't have a saving issue then. All right, we should probably start wrapping up this one went a little longer than I was expecting. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. You can find us. I, I have a fate on our Facebook page. I'm constantly posting on there every day different screenshots. So please like us. We already got 52 likes, so. I need more, so please. Um, you can find us in the I Watch Entire Overblood Super Replay, which we do ask uh, all the listener questions, usually in that group every week for the show. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can. We are on most podcasting platforms. We're not on something that you listen to or friends like, hey, I want to listen to us. Please send, uh, let me know on Twitter, fa- probably Facebook. I'm, I live on Facebook. <laughs> I will get back to you, and I will make it happen. We will track them down and shove a flash drive with our we're podcast s- up their nose. <laughs> we're supposed to be an iHeartRadio. One of these days, I'm going to get an email from iHeart saying, you're approved. It only takes three, 14 business days. We've essentially made it so that there's no excuse not to listen to us. <laughs> oh, I'm I couldn't just... find your podcast. Really? It's everywhere. <laughs> it's getting there. It really is getting there. So uh, basically, if you know somebody that hasn't heard us, break them into listening to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, DJ, if you want to say, I know most of this by heart almost, but do you want to say where we got our awesome intro and outro from? Yes. Thanks to Mike Stoney, a.k.a. Bulby, for supplying our intro song, The Cool Kids Squad, off of his EP, Bite the Bullet. You can find Stoney on his SoundCloud as well as on YouTube, his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bulby b-u-l-b-y he's got a ton of great stuff on there very recently he did an 8-bit version of the mini boss theme from yoshi's island which is excellent i recommend you all go out and listen to it so yeah all right anything else you guys want to plug Stuart? uh nope all right well, i want to thank everyone for listening you guys have a wonderful day bye bye go listen to seth everman <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing inflection. I forgot that I don't even do that in the game. <laughs>